His way of thinking. Uh, We are a restoration people. We desire to be restored into the image of Jesus. Paul describes the church as a new creation that's being continuously transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. So to be a Christian is to uh, be dedicated to thinking biblically uh, about certain topics, uh, about every aspect of my life, uh, even what we wear. Uh, Now, you may see on the screen, thinking biblically about what we wear might seem kind of odd. You might think to yourself, why in the world are we talking about clothes? Uh, Well, quite simply, because it's something that's very important to God. We see within the Bible many passages of Scripture that talk about the Christian, uh, what the Christian should uh, wear, what the Christian shouldn't wear, principles uh, that guide us in uh, what we what we should and shouldn't wear. Uh, this topic is important because it's important to God, and because it's important to God, it should be important to us as Christians as well. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ it's transformative; it changes us, it transforms us. Not just uh, what we, not just facts that we believe about Jesus. You know, one, once we uh, saw Jesus as not that important, but now we're Christians where we see Jesus as infinitely valuable. We're trying to grow closer to his heart. Not, the gospel not only transforms uh, what we, the, the way that uh, facts that we believe, but it transforms every part and every aspect of our life. Our actions, our speech, our tongue, our behaviors, even down to what we wear. And we see that within Scripture. Uh, and, and I think it's, it, it's very fair to say that we as human beings, we're very easily influenced. I know that I am. Uh, I'm influenced by those around me. I've been influenced by many of you uh, and, and, and vice versa. We as human beings are very influential people. And it's so very easy for us to be influenced by the culture around us. You know, I'll venture to say that, and this is just kind of a guess, but I think this is right, uh, people that set, uh, who, who is it that sets fashion trends and uh, cultural norms as far as like what, what we wear? I would guess probably like Hollywood or prominent people set those kinds of standards uh, fashions that, that, we, that we ourselves adhere to, that we ourselves uh, follow. Uh, and I think, it's, uh, I think it's fair to ask the question, are those people who set fashion trends and cultural norms as far as, as what we wear, uh, as far as what we wear, are they even asking the question, are these fashions, are these things that we wear honoring to God? Are these, are these clothes that we're wearing and we're pr- pr- promoting to a wider audience, do they please God? Are they honoring to God? I would venture to say no. <laughs> so we as Christians, we need to be asking those questions. We need to be asking the questions, is what I am wearing, the clothes that I have, 
Are they honoring to God? Are they pleasing to God? Are, are, are they honorable to God? There's questions that we need to be asking. Uh, we, 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 we need to be thinking biblically about what we wear since the gospel is transformative and it changes every aspect of our life. And, and that's not because God is some... Uh, controlling, maniacal God that wants to uh, control every facet of, of, of your life so that you're miserable. Uh, that's, that's not the idea. Uh, but we need to think biblically about these things because living God's way, living the way that God wants us to, even down to what we wear, it brings about joy. It brings about joyous living, and it brings about, which is our ultimate purpose, God's glorification. Um, and that even applies to what we wear. We as Christians need to think biblically about what we wear. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're, uh, we're just going to look at the Bible, uh, not any person's opinions uh, or, or anything. We're just going to open up Scripture and see what the Bible has to say, uh, certain principles on what we wear as Christians. And we're going to do so from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, as was read for us a moment ago. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. This is from the New American Standard Version. We're going to look at three principles that will help us to think biblically about what to wear. Look with me in verse 9. We'll, we're gonna, let's read verse 9 and 10. I'll read this several times. Verse 9 says, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. Now, first thing that I want to say before we get into the actual text, I know that this is obviously specifically addressed to women, um, as you can see from the text, but the principles that are contained within this text go well beyond just a directive toward women. Paul directs these specifically to women, but you'll see as we look at these principles here that are taught within this passage, you'll see that these principles are universal to both men and women. And as a matter of fact, several, uh, several of the Greek adjectives here that Paul uses uh, to, uh, to describe what a, women, what a woman should wear uh, are the same words that are used just a couple verses later in the qualifications of an elder, a man, <laughs> an overseer. So the principles that we're talking about, we're not, we're not just directing this this morning to our ladies. Uh, this is for everybody. This is for both men and women. Now, first of all, I want to direct your attention to uh, what we have highlighted in orange there on the screen. Paul says, I want women to adorn themselves. I want women to adorn themselves. If you look in the original language, adorn, the word that's rendered adorn, uh, is where we get our English word cosmetics. And it has to do with things that are on the outside, outward appearances. You use cosmetics uh, to make your outward appearance uh, grand and, 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 and beautiful. If you look in uh, Revelation chapter 21, when, Paul, when John sees the, uh, the, new, the, the, the heavenly city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the clouds of, of heaven, 
Uh, the text says that the city is adorned like a bride um, that's adorned for her husband. And, and the, the implication of that is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful city that's coming down out of the clouds of heaven. It's grand. It's majestic. It's wonderful. It's decorated with, with beauty and splendor. Now, what we see here, what this text tells us, Paul says, I want women to adorn themselves. I want women, I want everyone to look beautiful. I want women to adorn themselves. I want them to look beautiful. I want them to decorate themselves with certain things. Now, notice with me that God doesn't want, uh, want us to not feel beautiful, to not feel confident. That's not what the text is saying at all. God wants you to adorn yourself. God wants you to feel and look beautiful and confident. How does he want you to do that? Look with me farther in the text in verse 10. It's connected to, that's connected to verse 9. I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing. And then in verse 10, but rather by means of good works. How do we make ourselves look beautiful? How do we decorate ourselves? How do we adorn ourselves? What does Paul say? With good works with good deeds, with acts of goodness and kindness and generosity that's extended toward one another. And that's, that's so very true. Good, good works, good deeds make people's heads turn. When you are someone that's dedicated to uh, doing good uh, and, 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 and constantly doing good deeds, good works for your fellow human beings, it makes other people see you as somebody unique. It makes other people look at you and say, you know, this person, this is, a, this is a good person. This is a special person. That's the idea in Romans chapter 12, verse 20, when Paul says, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, here's what you do. Feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. In other words, if you overcome evil with good, if you, instead of uh, lashing out with evil as was, as was given to you, but if you return evil with good, with good works and good deeds, it's like dumping hot coals of fire on someone's head. And just imagine, how would, how would you react if, if someone dumped hot coals of fire on your head? You're going to go, whoa, that's, wow. <laughs> it's going to make you uh, be aware, be more aware. It's going to make your head turn. That's what good does when you're committed to it. Doing good works, doing good deeds. Likewise, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. The people that want to malign you. The people that want to tarnish your name and discredit you. And make you seem like somebody that's just not worthy. How are you, how are you, how are you to respond to them? How are you supposed to stop their mouths from doing so? By good works. By good deeds. Because good deeds and good works makes people's heads turn. Just a couple days ago... 
uh, our Rise group uh, participated in, in uh, Thanksgiving food boxes. They collected all kinds of food, and several of you gave, gave your money to, uh, f- to, to buy uh, hams and macaroni and cheese and, uh, and, and biscuits and all kinds of Thanksgiving stuff. And uh, those boxes were given out to the needy, to those who couldn't buy a Thanksgiving meal themselves. And many people were very, were very appreciative of that. That good work, that good deed, that's something that's very beautiful. That's something that people look at and say, wow, that's unique. That's not something that, that that's not that, that's not something that normal people normal people do. Now the principle here and what we see and how this guides our life is that beauty is primarily measured in God's eyes by the things that you do, not your outward appearance. And the things that you do emanate from what's on the inside. And God looks at what's on the inside. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, Saul. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, the outward form, uh, and, and, and looks for beauty, looks for value, looks for worth by what they can see with their eyes. But God, see, God has a different standard. God has a different kind of vision. God looks upon what's on the inside. And when we participate in good works and good deeds, such as the Rise Group did a couple days ago, God can see something that's good, something that's beautiful, something that's majestic inside of their heart. So, uh, how do we think biblically about what we wear? We make ourselves attractive. Yes, we adorn ourselves. We make ourselves look beautiful primarily by the good things that we do. Make yourself attractive <coughs> primarily by the good things that you do. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4 says, Do not let your adorning be external. Same word. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So he's saying, let your adorning or your true beauty come from what's on the inside, not on your physical appearance, not what's on the outside. And let that beauty, let that beauty that's on, that originates on the inside be seen outwardly by what you do. Let your light shine, Jesus says, so that others may see your good works, your good deeds, and that they may give glory to your Father who is in heaven, so that they may see what you do and see, not you, but how good the God is that you worship and serve. So, thinking biblically, as, as, we, as we, we as restoration people, we as new creation people that are attempting to align our worldview and our way of thinking with God's way of thinking, uh, thinking biblically about what we wear means that we're more concerned with decorating ourselves with good works than things on the outside. 
Uh, let's look at another principle together. Look with me in our passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Likewise, verse 9, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments. Now, as we look at the context of uh, what's going on in 1 Timothy, we see that apparently there's some women in the church in Ephesus that were dressing inappropriately. Uh, They were wearing... Uh, extra, they're, 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 they're wearing extravagant hairstyles and uh, opulent clothing, uh, excessive clothing. And, and the implication uh, that we see from the text is that they were doing so to draw attention to themselves. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were saying, hey, look at me. Look at my glory. Look at how good I am. Uh, from the clothing that I'm choosing um, to wear. Uh, That's implied that they're doing all these things so that they might be seen as glorious, so that they might be seen as beautiful and and as good. Um, So Paul's main point in this passage that we're looking at, it's to encourage these women to make their wardrobe choices in keeping with the newfound Christian character that they have embraced. A character of humility, not excess. And, and we, look at, uh, we look at Christian character. Uh, one of the defining traits of a Christian should be that of humility. And, and in fact, you can't, you can't even become a Christian if you don't humble yourself in the eyes of God. Humility is recognizing who I really am. I'm bankrupt spiritually. In the eyes of a holy God, I can't save myself. There's no amount of work, there's no amount of good deeds that I could do to earn favor in God's sight. I need Him. I need God desperately to intervene in my life. I need Jesus Christ, and Jesus is the only way. And that's the spirit of humility, a spirit that... that, that, that sees myself, that sees who I really am. And, and, and it's possessing, um, possessing this spirit of, of humility. It's being more concerned about what others think about Jesus than myself. That's what it means to be a Christian. I am more concerned about what others think about Jesus as seen in me more than the glory of me. And the glory of myself. And the Bible says that that even applies to the clothes that we wear. Uh, so how can, how can this help us? How can we think biblically about what we wear? We want to draw people's attention primarily to Jesus, not ourselves. We want to draw people's attention to Jesus not, our, not ourselves. And of course, you know, I'm not saying that it's wrong to wear nice things. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's wrong to uh, wear jewelry or, bra- or braid your hair. I don't think that's Paul's point. Paul's point is that when you dress in a way, in a way of excess, in a way that says, hey, look at me. Look at how glorious I am. Look at how good I am. When you dress and when you live in this uh, immodest way that seeks to draw attention to you, then, then, then you're not keeping the character that you have claimed to embrace in Jesus Christ. 
which is a character of moderation, which is a character of humility. Uh, and, and this is interesting too. In Romans chapter 13, verse uh, 14, it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Uh, the Bible says that when you come to Jesus Christ, it's, it's like you're taking your old garment off, a garment of sin and death, and you are putting on new clothes. You're putting on Jesus Christ. And that's the clothing, Jesus, that you put on in baptism that God wants other people to see. Jesus is the clothing that we have clothed ourselves in that we want others to see. I mean, just think about it. When you, when you see a person for, uh, for, for the first time, I'm looking at Randall Deaton right here. The first thing that I see is his clothes. <laughs> I can see, and I, I can see all of you. I can see all of your clothes. That's, you can't not look at a person and completely miss what they're wearing. Um, and it's to be that way uh, with us as Christians. When people look at us, when they see us, they are to see our real and true clothing that we put on in baptism, which is Jesus. Look at a description of that clothing in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Verse 12 in Colossians 3 says, Put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony." So when we put these things on, when we put on humility and meekness and patience and love, people can see the clothing of Jesus that we have embraced, that we have put on. We are drawing other people's attention to Jesus, our true clothing, and not ourselves. Uh, so... When we think biblically, thinking biblically about what we wear, it, it means that we choose our clothing with a spirit of humility, a spirit of moderation, seeking more so to draw people's attention to the grandeur and glory of Jesus Christ more than the glory of ourselves. Now, lastly, as we wrap up this morning, let's look at a third principle in, in our text. Look, at me, look with me in verse 9 of 1 Timothy 2. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. We're all making a claim to godliness are we not? All of us are claiming to live godly lives. All of us who have been baptized into Jesus are claiming that we have put on Jesus. We're claiming that when you see me, you are looking at an image of Jesus as one who's being conformed into the image of Jesus. That's the claim that we make. Now, notice with me, if you will, here in this text, how Paul links 
what we wear to the testimony that we claim to profess. What we wear, the clothes that we wear, are to tell the truth to the world about what the gospel does in the hearts of men and women. That's the claim that you make, and you, you, you give that testimony in part by the clothes that you wear. Even our clothing, Paul implies, is supposed to echo the truth of the gospel in us. When we wear revealing clothing, when we wear uh, clothing that isn't decent, when we wear clothing that isn't proper, when we wear clothing that exposes uh, our, our bodies uh, to incite lust and to be seen, we're, we're, sending, we're sending mixed signals. We're sending mixed signals to the world. We're claiming that we, have been, that we have been changed, but we're signaling by what we're wearing or by what we're not wearing that a change hasn't really taken place. The fact is, is that Jesus has covered us when we were baptized into him. Jesus covers our iniquity. Jesus has covered our shame. You look at someone uh, wearing uh, not a lot of clothes, and you've you probably heard somebody say, does that person have no shame? <laughs> um, Jesus has covered our shame when we were baptized into him. He has clothed us with, with, with righteous garments. And, and so when, when we intentionally expose our body in a way that's shameful, in a way that's indecent, we're saying that a change hasn't really taken place within us. Now, I realize that a lot of this is kind of subjective. Uh, there's no specific dress code that the Bible gives uh, to us about what we, what we should wear, what we shouldn't wear. The Bible gives us principles. Uh, and, and the Bible, I don't believe, commands us to be the, the modesty police either. Uh, but it does call us to think very seriously and very critically about the clothes that we put on. Because the clothes that we put on proclaim the gospel partly that's working in us. Now, here's, some, here's a few questions as we try to think about these things, uh, as, as we choose our clothing, uh, as, we, as, as we try to think biblically about the clothes that we wear. Here, maybe, here, here are a few suggestions, here are a few questions that we can ask to know if something's appropriate or inappropriate. Uh, number one, is this becoming or unbecoming? Uh, is it something that exposes the, uh, the uh, is it something that allows the true beauty of the heart that's seen through good works to shine? Is it something respectable? Uh, is it something appropriate or is it not? Uh, is it moderate or excessive? Is it something that, uh, that, that it, 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 am I trying to draw attention to myself? Again, it's not, it, it's not wrong for you to wear nice, nice things and to look good. Uh, that's, that's not what we're saying. But is it excessive? Does it go beyond? Uh, as, are, are, are you trying to make people look at you and say, wow, that is someone that is glorious? Or are you trying to bring glory to Jesus Christ? And then lastly, is it decent 
or indecent? Uh, does it reveal uh, parts of your body that you wouldn't normally reveal? Is it, does, does it expose uh, parts of you that are to be, to be kept for your spouse um, and, that, and that special person? So, th- so, so there, those are just some questions and, and thoughts that we can, um, that we can ask as, as we try to think biblically about this very important topic. And, and we need to remember, and what I'm, I'm not trying to say that God is this controlling God that places demands and burdens upon you that you can't bear. Uh, That's not the spirit of this passage. But thinking biblically, thinking biblically about these things, about what we wear, it's not to lead us into a kind of slavery. It's not to lead us into a kind of bondage. But it's to lead us to a joyous kind of life. A life in Christ and a life that gives ultimate glory to Him. This morning, if anyone has any need, if anyone uh, wishes to respond to the gospel invitation, the invitation is extended to you this morning as we stand and as we sing. Swift and